This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 408 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Fairfield Inn, Lexington. Today, we have an episode dedicated to the 2017 World Cup Finals of Dressage in Omaha. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Yo Show. I'm wondering how many well, people notice that that's a different intro. I know, Phil. We're having some technical difficulties with Phil, and I don't normally do the intro, man. I was a little nervous, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Philip sounds like he's, yeah. Philip sounds like he's calling in from Mars today. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's kind of like Mars. It is. Oh, it is Canada of red and red dirt. There's snow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, we hope everybody is staying warm and uh, Jen and I will not say anything about how we felt like our temperatures were a little chilly today. Um, but uh, we hope everybody's staying warm and uh, we're glad you're here in the show today. We've got a great show and uh, we're still in the month of dedicating for the World Cup that's coming up in Omaha, Nebraska. And I think you're really going to enjoy the show. Uh, and we were talking uh, with Mark West. of He's the CEO of the Omaha event. And he is a lovely man and will really um, talk to us about what's happening uh, there in Omaha. It's gonna, it sounds Hang great. We got, we, got, we got Casey Perry Glass tonight. We, we got Olympic I royalty. Drum roll. I was going to do a <laughs> drum roll with that. So really, uh, also, we're so very happy to have Casey Perry Glass. She was the member of the bronze medal Olympic team in Rio, and she is just lovely. And I think you'll really, really enjoy her interview. Um, so it's really fun. I, I saw her in the uh, Publix parking lot here in Florida, and she's just so nice and lovely and, and looking forward to the show. So, Phil, I've got a little bit of news. Yeah, we got uh, some Wellington news. What's going yeah. on? I do. So uh, I'm very happy to announce this event. And this is an event that we should all support. If we're not here in Wellington, you can still support this event. This is Robert Dover and Discover Dressage prevents the American Equestrians Got Talent finale, a benefit to support the U.S. Equestrian High Performance Programs. So this is the uh, fund that will get our team to Europe uh, this fall and this summer. So it's really important that we all support this. And it's Sunday, March 19th. 2017 at the Adequan Global Dressage Pavilion on South Shore Boulevard here in Wellington, Florida. Doors are opening at 6 p.m. and the show begins at 7. And you're going to be able to vote for your favorite performer and you're able to donate. Um, let's see, each vote will help fund U.S. equestrian high performance programs. Vote more, donate more. And your favorite performer has a better chance of winning. You're going to text number 56512 and enter A-E-G-T, and you're able to select your payment. Uh, you add the word performer. There's an online auction, and all the information can be found at www.aegtfinale.com. So uh, I hope everyone can participate. If you're here in Wellington or go online, this is, uh, Robert's put in a tremendous amount of effort into this event. It's been going on for 10 weeks here in Wellington. 
Um, and it's really a great way to uh, help all of our team as we go forward. So that is an event that's happening this week, uh, this weekend. And awesome. getting ready. That's really, yeah, that's really fun. We've talked to previous. Uh, I've got to get to one of those things one time. Just yeah, the final sounds amazing. Yeah, the final's fantastic, and we're really looking forward to it. So, Phil, I think you've got some. Uh, the World Cup start list went up today, didn't it? Yep, we've been waiting. So it will be the the World Cup final will be defended by Hans Peter Mindenhout of the, the Netherlands. Um, he's a two time Olympian. He has a silver medal. He's a, a great rider. Um, and he's riding Glock's Flirt, which he won with last year. Um, we got three Americans competing. Our favorite, Laura Graves. Um, later, we're going to talk to Casey Perry Glass, who is competing, and Stefan Peters. So, um, a very strong uh, group of individu- individuals from the U.S. Um, Isabel Worth is going to be competing. Uh, she's been cleaning up this season in the World Cup events all around Europe. Uh, Again, from Germany, Jessica von Brandau-Verendel will be competing on UniBB, and we saw that horse in Las Vegas. Um, a very nice, nice combination, and a beautiful nice horse, stuff. yeah. And they have a uh, really fun freestyle, so we'll look forward to that. Judy Re- Reynolds from uh, Ireland, who competed Vancouver K at the at the Olympics last year, a very nice combination, so that's we're going to look forward to seeing that. Christy Oatley of Australia, um, Carl Hess. Uh, a favorite of uh, many people will be competing NetTuck. Um, we have some names, um, some more competitors from Netherlands, um, Russia, Belarus, uh, Wendy Williamson of New Zealand. Uh, the first dressage rider from New Zealand to compete in the World Cup will be there. Um, a rider from Argentina. Argentina sorry. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be very exciting, and uh, I can't wait. I know. It's going to be such an exciting event, and uh, we're going to get right into the show, and right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Mike West. He is the CEO of the event happening in Omaha. They had been together for years, since he was just a cult. When he got stubborn, she would gently coax him on. When he got scared, she would reassure him and stroke him gently on the neck. She spent hours building his confidence, his strength, his balance, teaching him to dance. Pirouette, passage, piaf, the final salute. The crowd jumped to its feet and cheered. It was the moment that he'd spent a lifetime training for. But all she could think about was how special he was and how she loved him. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra. Providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, we are really lucky to have the CEO of the Omaha Equestrian Federation with us tonight. Mike West is is agreed to join us and be interviewed. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, and thank you for having me. We're very excited to share what we have going in Omaha. Well, I think maybe we should start from the beginning. Tell us when you got involved with this FEI final competition of jumping and, and dressage. Well, my boss, about 18 months ago, called me and then said she had a dream. Her name is Lisa Roskins. And her dream 
was to start a annual show to eventually make it an FEI show and to someday bid on the World Cup and receive and be granted that bid. Um, she figured that it would take a number of times to bid before they would take her seriously. And um, a couple years ago, about th- two and a half, three years ago, they after the first time they bid, uh, they were they received the World Cup finals, and she contacted me and said she felt like the dog that caught the semi and has <laughs> no idea mm-hmm. what to do with it. And so <laughs> I have no horse background at all, but I've I've been in uh, event sport event planning my entire life, uh, college athletics and and golf and. I took this challenge on, which is incredibly uh, exciting because it is the first world championship or global championship we've ever hosted in Omaha and so in professional sports. So it's just been a dream of mine to do something that nobody's done before. That is that is so exciting. So tell us, tell us a little first of all about Omaha. We're, Phil and I are really looking forward to coming. So what are some things that we can we can see in the city when we arrive and in, in, in our downtime from the show? You know, I think number one, it is hard to get a bad meal in Omaha. We have incredible restaurants. Um, during that time of year, it should be very very nice. Um, you never know. It is the Midwest, but it, we have, um, some beautiful areas downtown to walk around shop, as mentioned, go to restaurants. We have about 5,000 hotel rooms within walking distance of the arena. And we probably have 80 to a hundred restaurants within walking distance. So I think there's just a nice opportunity to be able to get around safely and efficiently and experience our downtown area with, uh, with really no logistical issues at all. Fantastic. So do we, uh, this is a question for myself. I'm not going to lie. Once we're downtown, do you need a car or you can walk pretty comfortably? You know, I, I think you can walk very comfortably. Right. And I don't think, you know, it you know, it it is it is a bit of a stretch if it was ten degrees. But <laughs> you can pretty much get around anywhere. I would say a half mile to three quarters of a mile, not any farther than a mile. Um and so if it's fifty to sixty, seventy degrees in that neighborhood, uh walking um a half a mile is, is very pleasant, especially when it's been so cold out awesome. in the past. So, Mike, tell us tell us about the venue because we've heard nothing but great things about this um, fairly newly built equestrian venue that's hosted quite a few, a number of, of different events. Maybe nothing this big, but uh, but uh, people who have been rave about it. So, I want to know all about it. You know, I'm glad you asked. I would say that when we received the bid looking back and saying, what, what took you over the edge? I think Omaha has a reputation for events. We have, we are a hub 
for amateur national championships. <clears throat> we have hosted uh, wrestling, volleyball, first and second round of NCAA basketball, the swim trials, and of course we've hosted the College World Series since 1947. Um, we have a great reputation, but the building itself is phenomenal for equestrian disciplines. If you had to build a building and design it just for a World Cup Finals, you would build this building. There's three different sections, and if you remove the wall, it becomes one big section to the convention space. Um, it is all on the same level. So you can travel, and it just becomes one big room from Hall C all the way to all Hall A. And then the arena is actually on that same level, too. So horses never have to go up and down ramps to different levels. They don't have to go in, into tents and parking lots. All of our vendor area, all of our stabling, our educational expo, our restaurant, and all of our warm-up arenas are all on the same level. And, of course, um, then we have a um, 18,000-seat arena on the same level. So they go from the exhibition hall right into the arena without changing levels and compete. Wow, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about kind of the schedule that will happen so that people, you know, what, what do you do when maybe the events aren't happening? We've heard there are some wonderful demos going on. How, how will that work? Well, um, on, on Wednesday, we have basically our warm-up familiarization for dressage. And then in the afternoon, we have that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we have um, jumping warm-ups. And on Thursday, we have uh, dressage Grand Prix, jumping final one. On Friday, we have our dressage showcase which is a number of different wonderful, wonderful exhibitions. Uh, we have Isabel Worth. Uh, we have the Para Olympic team. We have uh, what I would call, if you remember the skating, when they started having the Olympic team from the United States go around the country. This is about 20 years ago. They called it rock and roll skating. We're trying to do a little bit of a freestyle on steroids, a fun mm -hmm. exhibition with five different riders performing um, a little bit more of like free freestyle. I guess. Is yeah. Really wow. free freestyle. Awesome. And we're going to do that. Yeah. We're going to do, we're calling that the fun freestyle and we're doing that on Friday. And then on Saturday, we have the uh, dressage freestyle, and we have our Grand Prix for jumping. And then on Sunday, we have the uh, Grand Prix or the uh, the final three for jumping final three. And obviously on Saturday and Sunday, we will crown a World Cup champion. Um, in addition to that, as I mentioned about the convention side, we will have the stabling area in Hall C, which is the farthest north. In front of that, we have an educational expo, which is 20,000 square feet. We last year brought in 2,200 school-age children. And we encourage all children that are there, even if we don't bus them in from the schools, to enjoy that. It's, a, it's an amazing 
um, amazing uh, demonstration. We spent over $100,000 on that area. We also have a, dem uh, a demo arena, which will have different demos throughout the week. We have a warm-up arena that's private in the stabling area, but outside of the stabling area, we have a public warm-up arena, and surrounded by that is all of our vendors, and then just to the east of that is the restaurant. And in the restaurant, we have a stage, and we'll have bands playing all day long, mostly keyboard, jazz, soft jazz type things. And then at night after the jumping competition, we'll have rock and roll bands and people nice. will hang out. But if awesome. you're hanging out during the, during the daytime, you can have a glass of wine, eat some food, watch the horses warm up and then get up, walk 50 feet and start shopping. Now we're talking. This is for me. This is, <laughs> this is you're speaking this Reese's is, language. You're speaking my language. Woo! Now we're talking. I, I spoke. I spoke to the dressage United States Dressage Federation at their meeting in St. Louis, and I told them that we went all over the world and all over the United States and looked at what was the best fan experiences we could find. And I mentioned that if two American men went to a football game, they would spend six hours in the parking lot drinking and eating yeah. and three hours in a game. Yeah. And I looked at them and they call them in this part of the country, they call those tailgate parties. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, I looked at everybody in the room and I said, because there were 200 people in the room and 190 of them were female and 10 of them were men. And I said, ladies, I said, we made your tailgate party. And the whole place <laughs> went nuts. They started screaming and yelling. We want the reputation of being the most fun event anybody could ever go to. I love it. I'm, awesome. I'm that excited sounds amazing. So, Mike, just one more question. Um, you know, what is what do you hope somebody comes home with, you know, and their experience in about Omaha? Like what's unique to Omaha that that maybe we should check out or whether it's a food dish or, or drink or or, you know, what what am I going to experience when I go there? Well, I would say try our food. Enjoy our steaks. We have great steaks here. But I think the most thing mostly I would say that we are we're a metropolitan city. We have more Fortune 500 companies per capita than anywhere in the United States. Uh, we are a progressive city. Uh, we have over a million people metropolitan. I don't think a lot of people recognize that. We want people to experience our city for what it is. But mostly we want our people to say, you know what? This was a first-class World Cup final in somewhere new and this these two disciplines will grow in popularity if we can continue to have new cities run these this way and continue to make it fan friendly so that we can expose new people to these great disciplines awesome that sounds amazing well, thank you for joining us so much tonight. You know, how how are people going to find more information or ticket purchase tickets or figure out how to get to Omaha? What's what's the website? Go to 
Omaha World Cup 2017.com. And all of your ticket information is there. You can go to, and we invite you, if you have any questions, call the number that is there listing the VIP information. If you have any other information that you need, the person that answers that line can help you. Awesome. Fantastic. We can't wait. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, today, really, we, our guest really needs no introduction. And she has been so great to have on the program, Casey Perry Glass. She was the member of the bronze medal team in the Rio Olympics. Casey, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to participate in this. You are so cute. I'm not going to lie. I saw Casey in the Publix parking lot at like 8 o'clock at night, and and I was trying not to act like a stalker, but she has been so kind to come on the show. <laughs> Gotta love. Oh, well, you are fun. I love, I love seeing people. I like when they come up to me, it's so fun. I'm like, cause I think people are scared to talk to us. I'm like, no, we're really friendly. Come talk to us. Well, you are very friendly, and I'd love to start the interview. So your horse's name, Dublay, has a very um, in, very big name, and I was even hard. I didn't want to pronounce it. So can you tell us the story about his name and a little bit about the horse that you have? Sure. Um, well, um, I butcher his name a little bit, too. Um, it's Danish, and it's Gerklingard Dublay, and it was actually really funny. I got interviewed about it. Um, and someone asked me pr- to pronounce his name. And I said, you know, I, my horse is Gerkling Guards Dublay. And, and within that month, I think the original breeders of them posted it on their Facebook saying, at least you tried to pronounce his name. So I, <laughs> I technically really do not know how to pronounce his name, but <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. Um, he is a Danish warm blood, uh, 14. And uh, this is our second year at Grand Prix, and um, he's such—he's such a love bug, um, and he's so unique in his personality. And um, you know, these horses tend to be looked at as, as these powerful, you know, sport horses. But really, you know, I got so lucky with Dubois because he's so quiet-minded and so easygoing, and knock on wood, travels very, very well. And you know, he's, he's just that easy horse to have around with everything. Um, and, um, he's, he's just special and he's, he's a little bit of a gem and I'm just so lucky to have him. 
So tell us the story, how you got him. How did you guys start your partnership? Sure. I, um, I was training with a gentleman, uh, Christophe Violet, and um, we were up in Spokane, Washington. And, um, you know, Christophe and I, you know, we're, we're discussing with my parents about possibly going to Europe and, and getting, um, you know, a horse to fulfill my dreams, possibly of the Olympics. And, um, obviously, you know, a horse like this could cost a lot of money. And so I, after graduating from college with a business entrepreneurship major, I, um, decided to bring in, uh, my grandparents to, to help with the purchase of them. And, my grandparents are very business oriented people and they run a very successful um, family business in California. And um, I had to put together a whole business portfolio for them and, um, and really tell them why I want this and, and um, kind of fight for it, fight for the funding for it a lot. You know, I have 29 uh, cousins and so for them to, you know, give that fund to me for this, you know, I had to tell them or explain to them why I deserve this and, um, and kind of go from there with them. And I got really lucky to have grandparents that just wanted to see me succeed. And um, so they helped um, funding for Dublay with my parents. And I took a trip to Europe. I was actually going to look at a different horse. And my mom said, we are not going over for one horse. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you need to, you know, get together with Chris and make a bigger plan than just that one horse. And uh, when we got over there, we ended up at Andres Helgestrand. And um, I just saw horse after horse after horse after horse and Dubois was the last horse that came out of that group and he looked hot he looked um mm. you know just really special and um I I sat there and I was like mom I don't want to get on that horse he just doesn't look right to me right for me and um she said we did not come all this way for you to not get on this horse so um, I got on, and within five minutes, I I had the biggest smile on my face. I still have the recording of it. I have the mm-hmm. biggest smile on my face, and I just started like, "Oh my gosh, mom, you need to you need to buy this horse." And I I looked at Chris, and that was really the only horse he didn't get on on that trip either. And I told him he needed to put his breeches on and get on that horse. And <laughs> I mean, from the first ride, I knew he was something special. And, um, and I think that's how it should be. You know, you should be able to get on these horses and know exactly which one is yours. Um, so from there we vetted him and brought him over. And once he got to the States, we had a family, um, champagne toast for him and our journey together. And, um, yeah, it's just been a roller coaster since then. (laughs) Oh, I, I bet. I bet. So tell us, I mean, last year you had an amazing Florida season, right? Then you go to Europe, then you go to Rio. I mean, tell us a little bit about that whole journey. Sure. I, um, I went to, um, backing up a little bit, I went to the Pan Am selection, uh, the European trials for the Pan Am team. And that's when I started right after that, I started training with Debbie and, um, 
you know, I just give that woman so much credit. She is so knowledgeable and so educated in the sport and so fair to these horses. And she got me, you know, on the right track. And, um, and she got me going from the small tour to the big tour within a year. And, and then going to the big tour to being on the selection trials for the Olympic team and then being on the Olympic team. Like it's just, it, it was a huge year for us. And with a big year like that comes a lot of ups and downs and it's not always, you know, glitz and glamor, you know, there's always some kind of downfall to, to the journey. And I just have such an amazing support group that, you know, because we went through some training, training, you know, bobbles here and there, you know, it was his first year at the Grand Prix. So you can expect that even in your second year and your third year. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was so awesome to be a part of that team and to be a part of Shelly, Laura, Allie, Sheffin, Tooney, Gunter, you know, the whole group was just so fun. And, um, it was it was a fun year and it keeps going. Yeah. So. <laughs> what was Rio like? What was it like to ride in the Olympic Games? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I think once we got there, it was um there was a lot of press at first and um we weren't allowed to be we were allowed to be around our horses, but we got pulled away for a lot of things and um and we lived off off venue so and it was the traffic was really bad for most people and but not for the athletes the athletes got pretty much their own highway but it still took at least 20 minutes to get to the venue where the horses were so for a group like us who all of us love to be around our horses literally all the time um it was it was hard not to be around them but we had great grooms that took care of everything for us. And my sister was my groom and I, I trusted her wholeheartedly and the venue was beautiful. It was, um, huge. It was very horse friendly. Um, the barns were, were big. The stalls were big. The water was really good. They, they came around and tested it to make sure everything was still going good while we were there. And, um, we had a place for them for the horses to graze and um and the only tricky part about the the barn experience was that we had the grooms had to pick the stalls and put everything in, in trash bags and in 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 trash cans and then they would leave the trash bags at the end of the aisle so that the huge aisle leading to the arena that you would have to go out to the arena was filled with like black trash bags and it wow. was windy some days. <laughs> and so our horses were like, you know, it was hard for them to kind of get used to the black trash bags everywhere. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the actual stadium was so pretty and it was very inviting for the horses and, um, the footing was great. The way that they had the, the warm up arena systems were really fun and, um, yeah, we all had our select times that we could go ride in like a certain arena. So no one, not everyone was in one arena or so they utilized all the arenas, which was good. Wow. What an experience. I just can't even imagine. Like it sounds so cool. So now yeah, you are, yeah, it's amazing. So you came back from the Olympics. I'm, I'm sure you needed some downtime to get 
And then now you're on your way to the World Cup, right? How did that happen? Yeah. Well, you know, we got, we all got home and um, it was, there was some downtime for the horses, but you know, like, you know, Stefan, Allie, Laura and I, we traveled a lot for like um, USDF convention and um, Central Park. And, you know, we wanted to make those appearances, especially because we had such a big support group back here with all of our dressage, you know, fans and supporters and all that. We wanted to make it we wanted to give them, give back to them. So, um, so that was, that was a lot of fun, but it was also, you know, we didn't really get to like rest a lot, um, because we were traveling. And, um, so actually when I got back to Florida in November, um, I gave Dublay probably from November, December really off and just stretching work. And, and he never really got put back together until, the very end of December and we started building strength for our first show, which was the five, five star. We just kind of jumped right in (laughs) and did the five star. And, um, and you know, this year again, you know, it's, we're, we're, we have our little ups and downs in our training, but, um, you know, Dublay is such a, a great character that he, he just, goes with the flow and um you know he's so talented and we I I just I love him so much to where I know that we're gonna make it through it and um I just had an amazing two rides these last two days and so to to build up for the world cup is you know we're really focusing on that grand prix test so we can get a good spot for that freestyle and um you know he's just getting better and better and um and that's why we're we're taking things slow with him because last year was a big shove in his face a little bit so you know we just want to make sure he's healthy in his mind so what was the world cup uh, a goal of yours to be able to go to omaha while it was in america and to compete or was it just something that you know was a happy coincidence or that you're getting the scores that's good enough to allow you to, to go. What was the plan for this um, year? It was a goal, especially because it was, it was in the States. I think if it was in Europe, I would have, I would have focused more on the, the uh, national championships and probably not have gone to world cup. Um, but since it's in the States, I, I really wanted to do it. And, um, it's one of those things where I, I kind of let, you know, our rides decide for themselves. You know, if, if we say we went out for the five star and it just wasn't right, I wouldn't have kept competing him. You know, I was went back to let him have a little bit of space and, and, um, figured out training stuff. And, um, but you know, he, he keeps telling us that he wants to go back in there and wants to keep competing. So. Um, I, yeah, I, I really wanted to push for, for Omaha. How, why wouldn't you? It's, it's home. It's home. So it's, it's a good time for, you know, my family to come out and watch and, and see us live because they don't really get to do that. And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a goal for this year. I love it. So now what happens? Omaha, it's in like two weeks now. So what, what's, what's kind of the plan leading up to Omaha? 
Um, so the plan is um, I ha- I've had a couple lessons this week, and um, and then I'll I'll probably work a little test work next week with Dublé, and then uh, earlier in the week so that he can have a little bit of downtime before we ship out on the 27th of so in two weeks week and a half oh my gosh it's coming up really fast yes, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I have to I have to get my all my um like my tax trunk packed um by Monday so that it can go on the the hauler up to um Omaha or over to Omaha so I have to get that packed and um so yeah it's it's going to be um it's going to be a, a jam-packed you know a couple weeks um but we we fly out on the 27th and then um we get a little bit of arena time on the 28th and then the jog is on the 29th wednesday and then thursday um is the grand prix and then saturday is the freestyle I know we are so excited. Philip and I cannot wait to cheer you on from the stands. And oh, uh, we just we're so looking forward to seeing you live. And it's going to be such a great, great trip. And we wish you both, and Laura and, and Diddy, a very, very safe trip from here from Florida. And uh, Casey, can't thank you enough for your time tonight. How can our listeners find you online? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me again. I really, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you can find me on either my business page, which is on Facebook, which is Casey Perry, Casey Perry dressage or on my private page, Casey Perry glass. Um, and I also have my website, which is Casey, Perry dressage.com. Fantastic. Well, we can't wait to cheer you on and have a very safe trip to Omaha. Great. Thank you for having me. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Jen, you have a fantastic Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from one of our listeners. And as always, feel free to send emails and Facebook shout outs. Jen is the best at gathering them for us. So we always have one to chat about. So Jen, what's our a listener uh, question of the week. I feel like I take my, I just stick my hand into a great big pink top hat and there's all these little bits of paper <laughs> folded up and I just pull one out and see it. what I get. <laughs> this this one awesome. is, um, this one actually came in via the Horse Tip Daily Facebook. I got a message and it says, Dear HRN, I have a training question for Reese and Philip. I just got my first real dressage horse he competed at third level with his previous owner, but I'm going to be riding at first level this year. My previous horse was very stiff, not forward, and basically not a dressage horse. And she emphasized not. So I'm used to, I'm used to pushing my horse all of the time. Any suggestions to help me transition to my new and very forward horse? Thanks, Marie Cameron. Well, Phil, I can start with this one. I, I, yeah, you know, I yeah think- I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, so I think the first thing that I always tell someone when they get a new horse, you have to remember, it really takes a full year to get a full partnership with a horse. And that is, it's not only just handling that horse in the barn, but that's also riding. And everyone has different experiences that they bring to a new horse. 
So one of the things that I always tell my riders, and and same thing for this listener, is she's ridden to first level. And so she needs to ride at the level that she's comfortable with and be comfortable with everything that's in first level. So uh, leg yields, lengthenings, 10-meter circles. You know, she should have a lot of confidence riding that horse to that particular level. And that's what I always tell people. Ride to the level that you know. And then once you're very comfortable at first level, and I think somebody says, oh, I bought a third level horse. I should be able to ride third level. Oh, it doesn't work like that. And it takes a very long time to kind of speak the language. You both speak a different language, essentially, and you have to learn a similar language. So I always tell my riders, take it slow and also think, okay, I'm proficient at first level. And that's what our listener said in their question, in their, in their question, that she's ridden first level. So take your pack off and and think, I need to ride that horse to first level and the things that happened at first level. And it sounds like her new horse is very different from her old horse in the sense of this horse is very forward. And I love forward horses. I mean, I like, I kind of like a rocket ship, but rocket ships have to do two things. They have to go forward and they have to stop. That's really incredibly important to remember. Just because this is a forward thinking horse doesn't mean he should be running off with you. So it sounds like I would spend, you know, a good amount of time, three, six weeks working on just basic responses from this horse. And once you get that, and once you're comfortable with what you're already comfortable with, not half pass, not flying changes, um, then you can move on to those higher level movements. But take your time. It's really important to sort of think you're going to go slow and get your basics and your rhythm, your regularity, your relaxation, your connection before you go fast, before you do all the fun things at a third level, take your time and get the basics correct. And then you can move forward from there. So that's my biggest advice. And that's for any horse that you purchase. Take time, do basic work until you're really ready to rock and roll. And then you guys are speaking the same language and you can do the higher level things. So that's what I got, Bill. What What do you think? I think that when you're riding a new horse, you also have to think about how um, you have to adjust maybe some position things, you know, to, to help that horse to do their job as best they can. So if you're going from a slow horse to a forward use lessons or some no stirrup work or whatever it takes, that you're comfortable with going forward as well. So that you're not, you don't turn your new horse into your old horse who, you know, maybe you're, um, you're more likely to be holding onto the bit or being stiff in your own body, causing that horse to just not want to go forward anymore and to shut down. So I think that's the most important thing here is let the horse go forward, adjust your, you know, adjust mentally and physically to the idea of going forward. And, and then from there, just a lot of transitions to say, you know, this horse is going really forward. I just want to check my brakes all the time, you know, do lots of halts and and then, and then go right off forward again. So um, I think I, I see that a lot is somebody who is, um, you know, is transitioning to a new horse and then all of a sudden they're kind of making their new horse like their old horse, which is sounds like in this situation, maybe we don't want to do. So, um, you know, accept the, the new beautiful energy that you have and and learn to go with it. And yeah, I mean, you, you might have to be working a lot harder on the fast, you know, on the more forward horse than the, the old slow po- pokey horse. But that's okay. That's that's part of, you know, learning and why maybe you purchase this horse is that it's more um, developed in a dressage way that, that can help you to obtain, you know, achieve goals of riding third level or, or doing, you know, competing and doing better or just 
having more fun doing dressage, you know. So don't grab the bit. Allow the horse to go forward. You might have to sit up a little bit more. You might have to work your core muscles a little harder. That's part of it as well. That's my two I like cents. I, I like it. Hopefully that helps. I good like job. It. I love it. Yeah. Well, and good luck with your new horse. It's so fun to get a new horse. It's such an exciting thing. <laughs> so we wish you all the best and keep in touch with us and let us know how it's going. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me best probably on Facebook. And my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week uh, for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And hopefully next week I'll be talking to everybody from Verden, Germany. Oh, I'm so excited. That's going to be great. (laughs) And we also, just as a heads up... um, Philip and I, we don't exactly know the place that we're going to have the listener meetup, but on Friday, March 31st, during the dressage showcase or during one of the events, we're going to do a, a listener meetup in Omaha, Nebraska. So we hope that we get some listeners to come meet us and hang out. And sounds like there's a, there's a tailgating. Uh, Mike will tell us a little bit about that here in the show, but um, I think that would be a lot of fun for us all to get together and get a picture and meet in person. So please come and do that. We would really have a great time. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back this week. And we look forward to talking to you next week.